0: Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. Yes, this is on YouTube. Yes, we are uploading practically everything on YouTube, but this is also in your earphones as well, available on all very good podcast websites. We are doing a very interesting one here. La Liga hasn't had a lot of attention recently. I feel like there was a period where a lot of people watched La Liga, Messi, Ronaldo period, and in that period there were some sensational footballers. So we're going to rank them from ten to one, with a load of honourable mentions. There's obviously three other guys with me, as ever. Uh, Remedy, how are you, bro?
1: Oh, you caught me mid sip. Yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> Apologies, uh, Sid. How are you? i good, yeah, man. Some new additions to the uh, backdrop. Is that a, like a dragon next to the Pokemon in the middle?
2: That, that's that's a Charizard statue.
0: Wow. Love that it. honestly, that <laughs> looks purple to me. <laughs> And I, I can assure you I'm not colourblind. Um, and yeah, you're thinking right now, there's a lot of international voice there. We've got Sid, we've got, Remedy's not got an international voice, but you get what I mean. And we've got uh, Azam Sat all the way in Chicago uh, on his debut. How are you, bro? I'm
3: good, man. Happy to be here. Happy to discuss some La Liga. So we've got, what so What time zone are you on? What time is it there? Central time. So it's like 10.30 in the morning here.
0: Remedy, I'm assuming you're not on a
3: different time to me, but I'm just going to ask anyway
1: no it is currently 4 37 oh it's 4 36
0: on my laptop oh, there we go <laughs> uh and Sid, it's like evening time there yeah, it's, right it's about 10 10 p.m Of oh, the commitment to the podcast we're all sure. doing it in strange time zones apart from the people in the uk this is just normal for us uh <laughs> obviously if you're the employers of any of the guys on here the times we just told you were incorrect. Keep them in the jobs. <laughs> Don't <worry about> it. <laughs> and of course, as I say, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, follow all the guys as well on their socials. Let's get into this La Liga ranking system. So let's go from honourable mentions. As I mentioned, uh, we will go with this one first. Sid, you were the only person to give him a point. I'm very surprised he's not in the list overall for anyone else. But Tony
2: Cruz, talk me through this. Uh, you're, you're a Barca fan, aren't you? Yeah, but, I mean, like, I think Cruz is like, legacy for Madrid, he's got to have, like, a bit of recognition, for sure. Like, he's, I think, in the conversation <clears> with, like, uh, Xavi and Yester Modric, he's, he's been a part of, you know, that debate. So, I think he's got to be on the list. But I guess others don't right. think that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Um. I'm, I, th- I feel like Cruz might be the one out of that, that five you just mentioned that's vastly disrespected.
3: Absolutely.
1: Well, I, I mean, think, his, I think i uh, oh, go on, go on.
3: I say his passing range, you know, you, when you watch him play and just the progressive play that he brings to that team is, is phenomenal. And I think it goes under the radar a lot. Just for me, the reason why he kind of dropped off my list is that, you know, this is a list filled with Barcelona and Real Madrid legends, absolutely star power names. And I think just comparatively to some of the other names on the list, he was just that level below for me.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think with Tony Kroos, is a lot more what we don't see with the with the TV screens. But yeah, as as I mentioned, there are players that are better than him. Yeah, yeah it's very simple.
0: All right, um, honourable mention from me. I've got two actually, so I'll riff through them very quickly. Uh, David Silva. I feel like everyone slept on him a little bit. He was at Valencia for six years. So mm-hmm. these are all players, by the way, post two thousand and two. And I forgot one of the other key details. We're going to get towards the top, and people are going to be fuming. There's no Ronaldo and Messi, by the way. <laughs> Deliberately left them two out. Um, but David Silva, I feel like he was very, very good at Valencia. As i mean, you said, you said off air that that was the period you were watching
3: loads of La Liga, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was, he was great. I think his legacy, though, was more so in the Premier League, you know, once he came over. I think that's where he really built his name. I think he was a great La Liga player. But again, you know, with this type of list, it's tough. You want to give credit to these types of players, but it's just so Barca-Madrid heavy, especially these past, you know decade and a half the amount of trophies some of these players accrued it's hard to stack up some other players with them i think silva is one of those players who unfortunately falls into that category
0: uh raul honorable mention from me although that was the tail end of his career in Mm -hmm. all fairness uh so i don't i just wasted a point there. i'm not going to talk about it (laughs) yeah i I think i think
1: was probably better in the late 90s yep exactly yeah i just i could have given that point to
0: someone else but never mind raul's got my point um Puyol is in this list, but who gave him a
2: point? I gave him a point.
0: <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> why, why did you give him a point?
2: I mean, like, he's won so much for Barca. He was the captain. And, like, from from 2006 to, to I think, 12, I thought he was, like, unbeatable at the back. Uh, for me, probably, like, I would rate him above PK. So I think being Barca's best centre-back, I think Warren's... Uh, an inclusion
0: here. Is there a, a debate to be had there between PK and Puyol? Because we were just talking about this the other day on one of the other podcasts that I do. Um, that without Puyol, no, sorry, without PK, Puyol, according to the person on the podcast, would look like a farmer. That's what they said. I, I mean, I'll
3: be honest. I, as a Barca fan myself, I actually put PK talent wise above Puyol. I think Puyol. He just had a great aura around him. I think, you know, his charisma, his, you know, sort of stature as a captain has really sort of buoyed his, you know, legacy. But I, when I'm trying to rate, like, just talented players, I actually will bring PK above Puyol.
2: I think for defenders, yeah. why he didn't that I, I feel I for defenders, like, a, a bit of that leadership is, I think, more important because we've seen Barca just get... It's huge, absolutely. ...for years because of PK's, like, incompetent in the good big point. games. So I feel I value that leadership more. So for me, I would always rate Puyol higher. I think
3: and, that's I, think, and I think what
1: what like sets apart PK from Puyol is just PK was able to adapt his game more so into this generation that we're seeing now. I think PK was an elite defender. I can say up until 2019, 2020, just up until that period, he had a great relationship with, like you could say, Mascherano. You can say TT. Mm. you can even link that to someone like Clement Longley. They had something nice going on in terms of a connection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Gerard Piquet, I rate him very, very highly as a centre-back. Maybe higher than some other people do and higher than some other players that we'll mention, but yeah. All right. I didn't give Puyol a single point either, but I,
0: I don't know why, actually. I don't even have a reason, but... Let's just swiftly move it on. Uh, Casemiro <laughs> is uh, another player with an honourable mention. I was the only person to give him points. I gave him two. In my humble opinion, chill out, Remedy. What's the problem?
1: <laughs> uh, I talk with my face. Continue. <laughs>
0: um, I think, and it, it might give you a clue as to which of the three Barcelona midfielders I gave my most set of points to, but I think the middleman of that midfield um, is probably the most difficult position to play. I think like Cruz and Modric, as you've actually seen with Real Madrid, um, maybe Modric a little less, but you can replace that type of profile. But to replace Casemiro is a huge hole. And in that period when Madrid were playing for a little period, some gung ho football and leaving their centre backs alone for the most part, Casemiro was doing an immense amount of work in wide areas. He was he was breaking up play. He's probably one of the most intelligent footballers I've ever seen in the sense of. Um, you know, like in England, and Remedy will vouch for me here. And you know, in England, holding midfielders that are English just make loads mm-hmm. of hard tackles everywhere mm-hmm. on the pitch, like sometimes senselessly. Yeah. And people are like, oh, the passion. I love the passion. Uh, whereas Casemiro is just much more sensible with it. So he's up there with one of my like best midfielders ever, let alone La Liga. So wow. hey, I'm a bit I'm a, dip, it's a bit disappointed. Well, crazy. You were, <laughs> were pulling...
3: I think right. as a Barca fan, one thing I can say about Casemiro too is he knew how to... Play the game he knew when to make the right fouls how to skirt yellow cards and i think that is actually like invaluable as a midfielder i think it helped him a lot in the champions league as well and that's where i give him so much credit he knew how to play the refs and how wh- how far he could get to the line without crossing it, i think
2: i feel like yeah, all I of his totally big performances though have been like in the champions league like you know the standout like uh performances in La yeah. Liga. i don't feel like he's I don't recall like any of the like a, like he's maybe had like one or two good seasons where Madrid like dominated the league, but I don't feel like he's had that impact compared to some of the other midfielders uh, on the list. Like I feel he's more of a I, Champions I, I think, League legend gone. than a La Liga legend, as you'd say.
1: I think yeah. Casemiro, especially when uh, like going off that one or two seasons, it was how he came into the team is because mm. it was when Zidane came, and it was where Real Madrid are really missing that stability and calmness into the team and as soon as uh, Zidane took over Real Madrid in 2016 went on a tear in the league like they were so many points behind Barcelona when uh, when Zidane came in but towards the end of the season in that Messi Suarez Neymar era Madrid picked up even more points than Barcelona and they finished only a few points off them towards the end of the season and then Real Madrid went on to win the league the next season and then especially that 2021 season, the lockdown year, mm. I think Casemiro was great. The 1920 season, Casemiro was great. And even last year when Real Madrid just canted to the league, I think Casemiro was top. But yeah, he doesn't make my list, but he deserves immense respect.
0: Mm. Uh, you gave a point to Marcelo Um He doesn't make the list. He's also on the honourable mentions. Any reason why? Also, I always have this theory, actually. In England, people always say he can't defend.
1: He can't, but th- there's 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 more to it than that. I think Marcelo he provided an option for Real Madrid that was so invaluable. He turned up in big moments. He created. I don't know this energy down the left side. His relationship with Ronaldo over the years was oh, great, yeah. and then it was Tony Kroos that played on the left side, and Tony Kroos used to cover for him as Marcelo pushed mm-hmm. forward. We all remember that game against Bayern Munich in 2017 in the Champions League. Marcelo was really that guy that catapulted Real Madrid to get past Bayern Munich and go to the finals of the Champions League where they they where they later went to win it. But yeah, maybe, maybe I prematurely put Marcelo in this, but I think Marcelo deserves a lot of respect.
3: I, I put Marcelo on my list too, actually. And it was because, you know, as a Barca fan, over the years um Sid you might attest to this too you'd be watching a Madrid game and you think they're going to drop points here you know it's like it's you know they're 2-0 down to Celta in the 80th minute and it was almost like their default play style was to just go through Marcelo at that point just hit the ball to him on the wing and he was whipping in perfect balls and Ronaldo would make a towering header and next thing you know it was Madrid 3-2 and it was all through Marcelo so just out of the sheer rage that this guy gave me so many times <laughs> that I thought you know Marcelo going to extend a lead he he has to get in the list I think he's One of the great, most talented players with the ball at his feet that I've ever seen, actually. I think he is so underrated going forward, in my opinion. He had to make it for me.
0: Brother, I'll put it out there. Madrid do that now in the Champions League. They just give it to Vinicius. Yeah, that's true. He's just like, for God's sake, man.
1: That's who Madrid are. They're a team of moments. And you, like... I don't know how you could mm-hmm. continue to say this over the years, but they they just pop up at every moment, at every second to de- de- to deliver that final blow. And it happens time and time again. It's just their history. It's just their their culture.
0: It's yep. just spooky, though. Like You change players. It's a completely different set of players. But the feeling and mentality is the same. The coach can change. The backroom staff can change. The fans can change. Everything can change, but somehow they still have the like, um, and I look back to that Liverpool-Madrid game that happened in this Champions League when it was 5-2 at Anfield, and um, you're sat there scratching your head at the end of the game, and you're thinking Madrid played at like 50%, and they scored five goals at Anfield. And Liverpool, obviously people left going, Liverpool were terrible. Actually, I didn't think Liverpool were that terrible. It was just that like Madrid was, what, did, like you can't account for a deflected goal, a keeper error. Yeah. <laughs> all this
3: stuff happens with them all the time. It's really strange. I think it's that Madrid, that Madrid aura, you know, I think they go back and they look at that Madrid badge on their shirt and they never give up. You know, they've been here so many times. I think that they know and the leaders in that dressing room know that a game is never settled. Whereas I look right. at someone like Barca, those, you know, when those European ties got away from them, I feel like they they crumbled a bit, you know, but Madrid, mm. they just don't have that DNA.
0: Scary, uh, Barca player in the list. Uh, from Sid, you put David Villa in. There. Oh man, I missed David Villa. I I, sh- I should give both my silver and Raúl points to Villa. I want him in the list, but I can't do it. Um, David Villa is probably one of the most underrated forwards, I think, for just in football, no Sid.
2: Yeah, I put him in because like I think he played for Valencia as well before moving to to, to Barca. So he did it at Valencia, scored a ton of goals. I don't know if he won the league with Valencia, but I'm sure he won the cup. Mm-mm. Uh, he won the yeah, cup yeah, there. he did, and and overall yeah. in that league, I think he won the golden boot once for Valencia, and then moved to Barca, and at mm-hmm. Barca he won multiple leagues and was part of the 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 front line. I think he's definitely warranted to be here.
3: I'm gonna go a hot take here. I I put Via in my list as well. I think if Via gets his move to a Barca or Madrid earlier in his career, we could actually be sitting here talking about him as the greatest La Liga striker of all time. I think his His goal-scoring record for a team like Valencia was phenomenal. And then at his peak, he really had everything you wanted. You know, you look at someone like Benzema, he's good at linking up play. Look at certain other strikers, they're great at getting behind. Villa could do it all. He could get in behind. His runs were so intelligent. His technique was phenomenal. He was equally as talented on both feet. I just think, you know, his, his move to Barca just came later in his career. And then obviously he had that leg injury. But then he goes to Atletico Madrid and also wins a title with them as well. I think that just, you know... Lifts his legacy up that much more for me. I think one of the most underrated players of his generation.
1: Yeah, oh, I totally David agree. A- scoring, A- scoring 15 goals for Atletico Madrid in that season—it's it's unheard of in that in that type of system. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, uh, I wish I put him in my list, maybe ahead of Marcelo. I was like bit as you were talking about David Silva. I thought of David Villa, and I was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I saw the face. I saw the face. I was like, he's just thought of something. <laughs> I think David Villa could have easily picked up two or three leaky points from the guys who didn't think of it, but he's not in the list. We still haven't even got to the top 10 yet. Apologies if you just sat there going, when's this top 10 (laughs) coming? We've got uh, Diego Godin. There
1: needs to be some like timestamps.
0: We've got Diego Godin also didn't make the list. Uh, I gave him a point. Sid gave him a point. Sid, you actually switched Griezmann out for Godin. Talk me through that very quickly before we... Then we're two players away from reaching number 10.
2: I think for me, it was because I I remember watching uh, the La Liga game back in, I think, 2013, where Godin scored that header uh, in the game where Atletico won the league. And I remember that season, Mm. Godin was just, like, unbelievable at the back. That whole Mm -hmm. Atleti team was just so good. And I don't think Griezmann was part of Atletico when they won the league, so for that reason I switched out Griezmann and
0: put Godin in. Right. I th- I remember that period when you'd play Atletico and that was when I think a lot of people were watching La Liga, you know, general generally neutrals. It was like a golden period. I remember just watching them and just going, if you cross the ball in you're never going to score. I was like mm. Godin can defend every part of the box and he and he wasn't even like he was fast. He was just like his head was just massive and yes. everywhere all the time. <laughs> um We've got Casillas up next on the list. Sid and Azam gave him a point each. Um, any any
2: reason? In fact, actually. To be fair, now that I think about it, I don't think Casillas deserves to be here because I think he was at Madrid at a period where they were just getting shot on by Vasa for the most part. So <laughs> I, I don't think he like deserves to be here now that I think about it. But yeah.
3: I had him just outside my top 10 and I, it was more for legacy, you know. And I also wanted to give love to a goalkeeper as well. He was the only goalkeeper that made my list. <laughs> And I think he is that goalkeeper you think of with La Liga, you know, captain, won titles with them. So try to give him a bit of credit. But I agree that it's tough sometimes rating some of these Madrid players because Barça they just dominated the league for so long.
1: Yeah, for sure. But no goalkeepers making my list.
3: That's for sure. <laughs> Listen, if Alison Becker was in this
0: league, Ribery, you'd have him top of your list. Not anyway, after champions league. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, no, no Alison Becker, Slander on the pod. Uh, <laughs> Gerard Pico, we've already said a few bits about it. Sid, you gave him a point. Remedy gave him a point, but he just misses out. So we're into number 10, and he's only got three points. And I'm so surprised about this. Um, zero from Azam, zero from Remedy, two from me, one from Sid. Can anyone have a guess who that player might be?
1: Oof. Busquets.
0: No, man. No. Listen, Alvinio? if you know me, you know Busquets isn't that low. It's Ronaldinho in 10th. Now, um, before I come to you said about the fact you gave him points, remember, you gave him no points.
1: No, I just took it from when I started watching La Liga properly. Like, obviously, we know how good Ronaldinho is, but I wanted to give a, a true account of what I saw. So I just went from 2008 onwards. Safe.
0: So yeah. safe. He's running scared. <laughs>
1: I can only go off what I see, and I don't want to use YouTube clips to make my judgment.
2: <laughs> Bro, like, but he has to be on the list because, like, he joined Barca at an era where, like, nothing was going well. Uh, Ronaldinho comes in and they start winning titles, and he's just the kind of player that pulls in the crowds and everything. And like his first goal in La Liga, if you go back and watch it, it's like an absolute screamer. So he just has to be in here.
3: He dropped off for me just because, again, it's really tough with this list because you have these, you know, prime era pep teams and then this messy era where these players were just accruing so many La Liga titles. I think Ronaldinho on talent alone makes the list, but I tried to do my list based on talent, but also what you achieved in La Liga, you know, your consistency, your longevity. And Ronaldinho, he just shined, his star shined bright, but for a short period of time for me. And I think Barca actually took up their level to a completely different degree when he left, you know, and they gave the keys to Messi. And so for that reason, in comparison with some of the other legends on this list, he just, he didn't make it for me. All
0: right. I just want to clarify that, Asim, you gave a point to uh, Marcelo and Casillas, but didn't yeah. want to run up. Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they're, they're long-term La Liga
0: legends, you know. All right. Uh, number nine on four points is uh, a man that Remedy gave zero points to, Luka Modric.
1: Wait, what? I'm surprised. You didn't give no up, I came... Wow. No, I gave him points.
0: No, you didn't. Unless I wanted I've... to check
1: them. You messed up.
0: Yeah, no, uh, let's we... <laughs> have a look. My apologies. Let's have a look. Oh. Does, did Remedy give... Uh... He did. He did. I lied. He gave him two points. Um, so that that changes things because uh, he will hop up the list a little bit. Uh... Let's just work this out properly. Editor, you know, just to cut this out. We don't put my errors in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a dictatorship
0: Terry's <laughs> <laughs> so actually got five but he's still ninth still Luka Modric uh, is in ninth place the only person who didn't give him points is me um, but, but we don't talk about my errors on the pod um, I can't lie I completely forgot about Luka Modric um, but I do feel ninth is quite low considering sitting at the start of the pod you said he's with Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets I think you said Modric, right? And yeah. the, those were four of your five, and Modric is ninth on the overall list.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he's so low. I, I blame you in a bed for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> People know you're not allowed to blame me for things on the pod. Like, no, of course 100%. not.
1: <laughs> of course not. You blame Nubed, you're never seeing this podcast again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man.
0: When you watch when you watch this bat, it's just going to be a black circle on your face. Yeah. You're not even on the pod. <laughs> that's, um, that's how they talk
1: about John Cena. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Asim, um, you gave him one. Yeah. Uh, Remedy, Sid, you both gave him two. So let's hear your point of view
3: on giving him one rather than more than one. I just think that uh, I think his legacy for me is actually not very La Liga heavy. I think he's been a stalwart for them, but I think he made his name sort of in those World Cup performances, Champions League last year. And, you know, in terms of La Liga players, there were just better ones for me. I think his legacy sort of exists outside of La Liga where we think mm. of his big moments, you know?
1: yeah I agree with that point that's why I gave him two as opposed to giving him more points maybe I should have downgraded him actually because that was my legit reason for not putting him higher Real Madrid aren't really a team that dominates games uh, like the way Barcelona do so less emphasis is put onto that midfield so we see Modric less but especially in the Champions League when he can turn up and have those big moments that's where his legacy was created and that's why people are putting him in those conversations with the best midfielders that we've ever seen completely agree so Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. I also think with Modric, I I could be wrong, but I feel like in the last few years of his career, we've actually seen um, more of him. As in, like, people have come to adore and love him. Almost, like, nostalgically. It's almost like we forgot that he existed and now we love him, even though he's still playing now. It's a really Mm -hmm. strange, like, phenomenon. Because even, like, when you think about any Champions League game, obviously this is La Liga only, but all you ever hear is... Watch 37-year-old Modric. Watch 36. It's never like, watch 27-year-old Modric. Um, so, yeah, I think he, he is low. He is very low, but I can understand why he is in that position. Um, Madrid fans are going to be fuming because <laughs> they're like they're one of their best midfielders ever is ninth on the overall mm-hmm. list. Um, in eighth is... Oh, they're going to be even more fuming. <laughs> Everyone gave me a point. Danny Alves. Oh, I think we should just skip this Boy. one. Boy. Danny Danny Alves is extremely high. Considering we're not giving any points to goalkeepers, we gave a lot of points to a right back. Um, Any reason, anyone feel particularly strongly about Danny Alves being this high?
3: I think he's the greatest right back of all time for me in terms of, uh, you know, you look at someone like Marcelo, we're talking about how good he was going forward. I think Danny Alves was just as good going forward, but also good at the back. I think he was... I think that Barca is still looking to try and replace Dani Alves. They haven't done it yet, which shows a sort of influence on the team. That connection he had with Messi on the right side was just, you know, a sight to behold. He's one of those players that could play on Messi's wavelength as a right back, mm. as a defender, you know, I think, I think, uh, I mean, I, I run out of good words to say about him as a player.
1: <laughs> I think, um, I think Dani Alves, I think in this whole era that we're calling playmakers, from fullbacks like we're calling Trent, we're calling these types of players. Danny Alves was a pioneer in this. He was a number 10 playing at right back. We saw it at Sevilla, we mm-hmm. saw it at Barcelona. And I think if Danny Alves played today, that whole inverted fullback type of thing, that would just be unbelievable for Danny Alves. He'd look even better now. Less defensive responsibilities and more on the ball responsibilities. And we look at Danny Alves on the ball and he's an absolute joke. So I I, I wanted to put him higher but
2: I just couldn't looking at the players but yeah Dani Alves top player I think his legacy no, in La Liga remedy. too is like pretty good because I've seen so many big game performances from him even in El Clasico's he's ended up scoring like huge goals for Barca and just like I, I remember him in games against Sevilla uh, Valencia always putting in top-tier performances so I think he yeah, definitely deserves to be on the list
3: I mean, to your Um, point, Remedy, you said like in this era of inverted fullbacks, I mean, him at his age last season for Barcelona, I mean, he put in a a phenomenal performance against Atletico Madrid as that inverted fullback, you know, and he was pinching in with a double pivot with Busquets at that age. I mean, you think of a prime Danny Alves in this era? Oh, man.
0: In seventh, we have Sergio Ramos. I know there's people sat at home thinking, I just spent the last minute and a half on the phone. I'm going to completely admit to you, I was looking at the ring app and there was a guy speaking to my wife, we don't like that on the pod. <laughs> um, he's not there anymore. That's just, nothing bad happened to him. He just left. That's what I'm saying. Um, in seventh place, we have Sergio Ramos, uh, ahead of uh, Modric and Alves. remember you gave him zero. Have I got this wrong again?
1: You absolutely did.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Um... Wow! Right, I have had an absolute stinker because the amount of points you gave him put him in a completely different place. Uh, so moving swiftly on from Ramos, we'll come back to that one. It's Karim Bentema in seventh. Ooh,
2: I, f- I feel. Go on, Sid. You just like had a bit of a. I feel like, especially if you take like last few years into account, how he's led this Madrid team into an like I won't say era, but like the last few years, I think Madrid have got the better of Barca. And it's been Benzema on the forefront. And mm. and he's been at Madrid since like 2009-10. And he's been scoring consistently. So uh, a bit low on the list. But I, I can understand the other players here. Like Probably like, you know, definitely like better. So fair enough.
3: I put Benzema ahead of another striker who's yet to be named that people, some Barca fans might crucify me for. But it's just because of his La Liga legacy. And I look at a lot of players on this list, you know, I think there are good parts of sums, you know, like Modric was a good part of that great midfield. You know, we have, you know, back line. Dani Alves was part of a great back line. Benzema is one of the only players on this list. that I think in terms of his phase of attack, especially in the last few years, as Sid said, he's really carried the team. You know, I think he's mm. willed them to a lot of victories and uh, obviously his record throughout the years. I always say when I used to watch those old, the uh, Messi-Ronaldo era Clásicos, obviously Ronaldo was the most gifted player for Madrid on that team, but the player that worried me the most was watching Benzema, because he was just such a handful for defenders. You know, his movement was great. He shifted defenders out of the way. He put his back into people and created that space for Ronaldo to sort of drift into the box, make those blindside runs and whatnot. So, I mean, I just think the world of him, and I think that in terms of a complete striker, he's right up there with the, the best. All
1: right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think also, I I think I rank Benzema lower than others. Uh, well, the other striker that we're talking about later on but I think I want to push Benzema slightly higher so I'm anyway I think it's because what (laughs) clouded my judgment was his initial years at Real Madrid so he had a great I think it was a 2013-14 season I think he scored about 20 goals 15-16 had a great season but that 17-18 season I don't know what it was he scored five league goals that season the whole team was bad that clouded my judgment I apologize to the viewers at home but yeah, Benzema, especially what he's done recently, I think he's been top. Madrid look devoid of any ideas when he's not in the team and Karim Benzema is 35 years old. He's won a Ballon d'Or, rightfully so. He needs to, be, yeah, he needs his respect. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I do feel seventh is low. He's another one similar to Modric though. As the years have gone on, we've started to appreciate him more and more there is a slight correlation with once Cristiano Ronaldo's exit with Benzema and Modric and probably loads of other Madrid players. Um, But I do, it's weird though, because I'm looking at the top six and I think there's definitely one name in there that he should definitely be above, above of, uh, and that's where we're going next. But I do feel with Benzi, maybe in a couple of years, if we do his La Liga video again, I think we'll change our opinion. He'll be one of those players. that I think the moment he retires, everyone will go, he was one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. Um, because he has the sort of like, he already when you watch him, you feel like, um, what's the word? You just get a feeling. You know when you get a feeling when you watch certain players and you mm-hmm. go, I'm going to remember them. You're probably not going to remember a few of the other names on this list. I think you're definitely going to remember Karen Benzema. So um, into sixth, and this is the player I'm so surprised he's ahead of. And there's only one person to blame for this. Uh, he has seven points in total: one from me, one from Sid, zero from Asim. <laughs> Go on, remedy. Five from remedy. Go on, remedy. I'll let you. I'll let you introduce this player yourself.
1: It is the man, the myth, the legend, the boy that made his name in Santos, Brazil. He moved to Barcelona at age 21, and he made his name there. We are going with the King, Neymar. Fair. Dude, I think I think Neymar, when I watched him play football, I think he... I don't know what it is. I think Neymar is unbelievably good at playing football. Now, he might not have the legacy that Karim Benzema does in terms of carrying that Barcelona team because, as we all know, he was in Messi's shadow. But mm. definitely in that 2016 period, he won the gold medal for Brazil at the Rio Olympics. And I think in that season, I think Neymar was the guy. The Like Messi, he got his goal. Suarez, he scored, I think he had 83 goal contributions or something crazy like that in 2016. But I think Neymar was that guy carrying the team. I remember Neymar, he didn't have any hairstyles. He just had a super like normal haircut. And I think what he was doing, I think it was a goal against Celta Vigo that he scored. Or It was just unbelievable. Yeah, I was a Neymar fan growing up. Maybe maybe that's clouded in my judgment, but I think Neymar is so good.
0: I can hear that from the deep sighs after everything you say. I love the guy. I honestly thought you were gonna say, um, when he didn't have a fancy haircut, that's why he wasn't as good after. <laughs> I
3: was like, We've got Graham Soonis in the pod, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um Asim, he got zero from you. Yeah, just didn't do it like his legal legacy, he wasn't there long enough. I mean, I think like Remedy said, he was in Messi's shadow for a while. I think when Messi had that injury that season, it was the shaved head Neymar, where we really saw what he could do with the you know attack at his disposal. You know, He was the main man. If we had seen more of that throughout the years, oh man, he'd be right up here on this list. Again, talent-wise, similar to Ronaldinho, you, he's the top 10 most talented players. But in terms of top 10 La Liga legacies, La Liga players, there's just players who had been in the league longer, won more, uh, contributed titles. So yeah, he just didn't make my list for sure.
0: Right. Uh, so did you have him on your list?
2: Yeah, I gave him one point because I just had a like a great memory of his that one goal against Villarreal where he just flicked the ball over the defender, slotted the bottom yeah. corner. That was just unbelievable. And that period, I think I think him and Suarez, you could say, like they were just carrying the team for like a, for like mm. three, four months and that basically mm-hmm. won Barca the league. So yeah. I think that's why I've put him on here. But now that I think about it, like, it's, he was just there for three, four years. So I don't mm-hmm. think like he deserves to be in the top 10, just for that.
0: He he definitely was on hand for probably one of the greatest comebacks in Champions League history. But yeah. people, it took people like two or three years to realise they wouldn't have made a comeback if it wasn't for his performance. Because Messi actually dropped a stinker that day. <laughs> and so did Suarez, but Neymar came clutch. Um, so Neymar in sixth, into the top five. And I'm so upset with one person on this pod right now. Mm-hmm. Because this guy's one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah, yeah, you know he knows it's coming to him. <laughs> um He got four, four from Asim, Uh one from Sid, three from me, zero from Remedy. Let's start with Remedy again. Who's just here to just wreck the list? He's putting <laughs> really high. He's put this man.
1: You know who it is. What are you doing? Listen, Sergio Busquets. Okay, unbelievable. He is so so good, and I think in terms of La Liga legacy, I think he'd rank. Higher than a lot of these players, and but which is actually what the list is going off. But I just think the players that I mentioned, maybe, maybe drop a couple off the list. Maybe the Marcelo one is looking awkward on my list. Um, but yeah, I think Busquets was top, I just didn't put him on my list.
0: <laughs> you literally just, gave no reason for
1: him. I, I don't, I don't particularly have a reason. I just think he could have, he, he should have made my list ahead of others, yeah. but he did it. I think Busquets is top. He
0: he's very close to the top four, um, which we will come to. I love Sergio Busquets. I just said it earlier. I don't. I think that is the hardest position to replace, especially again in that era when Barca were playing. And a lot of the times when they got exposed against Madrid, it was because they'd play Puyol or. or whoever was partnered to PK in just a centre-back pair and full-backs right high up the pitch. And then Busquets, who for a guy who actually, I don't think can actually run, um, who just has octopus-sized legs, he just has this immense ability to just stop play, but not only stop playing. This is something we really, again, British football fans love. Your um trying to think of a player who just stops playing and doesn't do anything with the ball.
1: Uh, Wilfred and Didi. But
0: yeah, yeah a, wow! What a shout! Where have you put? <laughs> it's like you waited the months on end to put Wilfred and Dini in the bad he's <laughs> <light>. a <laughs> um, classic case of someone who could win the ball because he's got legs, but his distribution's horrific. And I think Busquets' distribution in possession is out of this world. Um, and I wish when I was younger I like understood football better because I would have built my game on him instead of Steven
2: Gerrard, and I, mean, I might have gone further in life. <laughs> Busquets, I think, is like I the think, best example of how a player should receive the ball. Because in in the most like difficult situations, he makes like the perfect like fakes and 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 first touches, and that almost like takes out two three players out of the game, and that's 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 literally his game. Like he gets the ball, it's it's a lovely turn, sprays it to the other side. It's it's just brilliant. And I think for uh, like to describe La, La Liga, you'd probably like use Busquets as like uh, the player, that, you know, kind of tricky, not not really physical, just complete game based on like technical attributes. So, yeah, Busquets is, like, one of the poster boys for La Liga for me. So, definitely, like, high on the list.
1: Yeah, when <laughs> I, I watch... I can't talk, Oh, go on, go on. I'll just finish and then
3: When I watch Busquets, one of my favorite things to do, actually, is watch him on 50-50 balls. Like, when the balls, you know, two players are jockeying for a header, you're going to watch him a couple yards away, and he's going to take a couple steps to the left, a couple steps to the right, and the ball's just going to drop right to his feet. You know, he just sees the game. He knows the game. You look at some of, like, you bring up Messi's highlights of his goals... How many goals start with Busquets just bypassing a line of pressure in the midfield, then Messi's able to receive the ball and just drive straight at the defense, which I think was what was Messi was missing for Argentina. You know, Everyone said Messi misses Xavi and Iniesta at Argentina throughout those years. I thought he was missing Busquets the most. Just that person that allowed him to not receive the ball so deep. He was always getting to play on the knife edge of the game when Busquets was there. I mean, he's just, in my opinion, the best holding mid of all time. So, yeah, he's, he had to make my list.
1: Yeah, I just want to say, like, I want to present a counter-argument with regards to Busquets. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here, right? So we're talking about Busquets, and I think Busquets also benefited from the lack of physicality in the game. Because Bus- when would you say Busquets' prime was? Between 2010, 2015, around that time? Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. that's 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 about right, yeah.
1: Yeah, so football has moved in a much more physical way. So can do you guys think that Busquets kind of, benefited from that because now like his weakness has always been when the game has been behind him Mm
2: -hmm. Busquets has
1: always been the best player when the game is in front of him but then when the game switches and everything's more counter pressing and long balls and trying to win the flick on and that kind of stuff that's when Busquets doesn't look like Sergio Busquets so that's that's my that's my line of question I mean you've got to put him
2: into a team which plays in his strengths right I mean it's like if you that's true if you put Messi in a team which plays on the counter you're gonna like have him just walk around right that's I think in that sense PSG yeah pretty yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think Busquets was he's
3: very underrated in his tackling as well I think he was a tough tackler I think he was able to get his foot in there and you know nick a lot of balls off I just think that he was one of those players that was smart enough that didn't force himself into those situations as much but when I did see him in those situations on those odd occasions I, I always thought he performed well I mean really I think that he had the full locker, you know. I I don't really see a a prime a weakness in Prime Busquets' game.
0: Mm. I I do see the argument in terms of physicality, but then I would question whether maybe like if uh, Xavi and Iniesta, you can't say a bad word against these guys because people get so defensive. But if Xavi and Iniesta <laughs> played in maybe this era of PMP midfielders, maybe it'd be slightly different. Maybe, they'd be, maybe they wouldn't be as dominant. Maybe they'd find it a bit more physically demanding. But then what you could argue, and people will, is, well, they went to the World Cup and played against Germany and they played against Brazil and they played against mm-hmm. France and they, they were fine. So, yeah, I don't know. Um,
1: very hypothetical.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really difficult to answer. But it's a great argument, though, because you Thank can't you. be wrong and you can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> um in fourth, possibly one of the most clutch defenders of all time. I think he's right in the exact perfect position. Out of everyone on this list, this is the one that I actually fully agree with. Uh, in fourth comes Sergio Ramos, two points ahead of Busquets, one point off third, four points off top. It, this, is, this for me is like... It's like Chelsea finishing fourth type selection. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, I'm quite happy with him being there. He got a mix of threes and twos. Um, however, being the person who produces counter arguments for players, even though I've put him in my list quite high. Um, The argument always against Ramos is he's quite a hothead. He's received a lot of yellows and reds. Does he get away with that in any other team where he doesn't run the dressing room?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think I think for Ramos, you know, he was he flies in a tackle sometimes, but I think sometimes he does it in the right moments to sort of energize Madrid almost, you know. I think that mm-hmm. some of those moments they almost, you know, took their game up another level. I think the way we talked about Marcelo earlier, the fact that he was, you know, so good going forward, not great defensively, and that used to kind of be the criticism of Sergio Ramos, that Madrid's defense leaked chances. So how can he be a great defender when he's playing the back line? But he was kind of put on an island a lot of the times with uh, Marcelo going so far forward, he almost defended for two. I was I was more so impressed about him, you know, in terms of that back line than anybody else. He's just he's just a, a beast, man. He's a beast. He is so important to so many of those Madrid titles and clutch too with his goal scoring as well at times.
0: Could if Pepe is watching this video, would he be like, hold on a minute? Why am I not in this list? Yeah, mate. <laughs> no, speaking
1: speaking of Pepe, I think when he first joined Madrid, I think he was defending with Cannavaro. And there's mm. this quote that came out that said, look, we defend on the halfway line and we defend in, in our sides, which was unheard of for Pepe because at Porto, he played in a system where he was protected. So that whole concept of Sergio Ramos defending on an island by himself is completely right. For me, I thought as a, Defender, it's kind of hard to present that argument, but like naturally more gifted defender was Gerard Piquet over Sergio Ramos. Absolutely. But Sergio Ramos had that clutch genie, had the leadership. I think Sergio Ramos was an English type of defender that English people love. And yeah, rightfully so, he places fourth on this list.
3: And he was versatile. When I first started watching La Liga, he was a right back, you know, he made that transition to
2: centre back very, Mm -hmm. very well.
0: Uh, Sid, you love Puyol. Would you swap P- peak
2: Puyol for peak Ramos? Nah, I think peak Ramos is clear. Yeah, I feel <laughs> Ramos is just, I think overall, the, the better player, even though Puyol also had that same characteristic of being able to play as a right back. I think, like, being unbiased, Ramos was clearly the better footballer. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair. I
0: agree. Um, Into the top three. In third, I am surprised he's this high, to be fair. Um, I'm a little bit, I'm a bit weirded out by this one. I found it really strange that he made it this high on everyone's list. Like, well, I thought when I put it on my list, it was like a hipster choice. Um, <laughs> but clearly I'm not that much of a football hipster. Uh, Rumidi, we'll start with you because you gave him the most points. You gave him four. Sid gave him three. Arzema and me gave him two each. Uh, on 11 points comes Luis Suarez.
1: Um, yeah, I think his time at Barcelona, he, he spent a long time in Spain. So I think he deserves to be high up on this list. But... What really pushes it for me, like obviously he was so good at uh, um, Barcelona and he scored all those goals and he had that great connection with Messi. But what really pushed it was that season at Atletico. Yeah, mm. I think winning a trophy or winning the Spanish title with that Atletico team in that system when Suarez was clearly not on, not on the same legs as he was when he first joined Barcelona and he was still able to score a whopping 21 league goals that season. It's a joke. And it just is testament to his quality. Like he scored so many goals, like 15, 16, he was great for Barcelona, 83 goal contributions, won the European golden boot. But that 21 season, how he carried Atletico on his back, along with Kieran Trippi and Marcos Llorente, those three... What a trio had a... that is, by the way. What a story <laughs> yeah, to Exactly. They had a great understanding when Suarez would hold the ball up, Marcos Llorente would exploit that space. He would cut it back for Suarez to score a goal it was a great connection and I love watching Atletico that year and I don't usually like watching Atletico. So that's something that's something that I need to take
2: note of. But yeah, that's why I rank him so highly.
0: Any words for Luis Suarez,
2: It Yeah, same, same reason. The Atletico season was what like gave him for me the extra points because the way he left Barca after like achieving all that, like you'd think he was finished, but then he goes to Atletico and like still delivers a league title and to win a league for a club not named Barca and, and Madrid, it's just, it's massive. So, that's a just... They incredible. are Madrid, though. Yeah, I mean, atletico. <laughs> um,
0: one thing I will say is, when Suarez, in his last year at Barca, Suarez looked horrific. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was so sad to watch because obviously, like, if you if you watched him in England, you loved him at Liverpool. If you watched him at Barca, you loved you loved the type of player he was because he was so tenacious. He was like one of those players on FIFA as a perfect hexagon. Like, he's not fast. He's not strong. He just can do, like, everything. Mm-hmm. Um... And so like when he sort of like fell off a little bit, it was like, well, he can't run. He can't move. He, he's just like, honestly, like I'm not fat shaming anyone at all. But it was like having a fat bloke up front. And I was like, this is just yeah. this is not working. So, yes, yeah, I, I was surprised when he went to Atletico. I think I just saw there he bagged 32 in 67 games, which is that's, that's crazy. Because, yeah, the end of his Barca career, that guy, I didn't, I didn't I thought it was the end of his career, to be completely honest. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think he moved to Atletico at the perfect time for him, honestly, because being a you know center forward in Barca's system, it demands a lot. And you're right. though It was almost like that last season, a half to two seasons, it was like he would just get the ball and just lose it, lose it. He was always trying to turn with it and go at the defender like he used to be. But then at Atletico, it was kind of less demanding for him, and he was able to sort of just use his instincts. Uh, he was always a striker, I thought, especially the last couple of years. It was like the more he had time to think about his finish, the less likely he was to score. He just needed it to come at him, and he would just hit it. He'd score the craziest goal of all time. But if he on a breakaway, he'd almost you know find a way to mess it up towards the end. But at Atletico, that's what he was. He was just kind of a striker sitting in the box waiting for his chances, trying to be intelligent about everything. And uh, I had him a bit lower just because of uh, – You know, I think there's just players who achieved a bit more in La Liga, but I mean, and I think his legacy too, when we talk about him, a lot of people say he's the greatest striker of his generation. I I could agree with that. I think it's more in combination of Barca and Liverpool, what he did in the Premier League, what Mm. he did for Barcelona. So as a standalone La Liga player, he doesn't quite crack this high for me, but I mean, he's on my list. He's he's Luis Suarez, you know.
0: All right, then one, two, we know who's left. Um...
3: (laughs) I'll clarify again, if you just
0: happen to hop in now, it's not Messi-Ronaldo because they're not on this list. Um, the plan was to have them available for this podcast in the hope someone put Ronaldo first. But I'd like to cl- like to just make sure you know for sure everyone had Messi first. So it made <laughs> no sense to go for it. In second, someone's gone massive on this guy. Six points, which is the most allocated to any player. Uh, it is Xavi Hernandez. Uh, asum, you've absolutely... Oh, you didn't want him second. No, I wanted him him first. Yeah, I wanted him first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's second. He's second to Iniesta. So let's let's figure out where we all sit with these two and which order we'd have them in. Because I think the debate for everyone on Earth is always, well, Xavi was great because of Iniesta and Busquets. But, like you you know, everyone loves all three of them. But dividing Uh the three of them is a really hard case. And clearly you are very passionate about having uh, Xavi first.
3: Yeah, I think he's the better of the two. I think he is. I think he's as intelligent as it comes for a midfielder. I would always watch his games and I feel like, Oh, he should pass here, and he'd pass somewhere else, and I'd be like, "I was wrong." He he knows more, <laughs> than me. you know. He he's better than that. His his weight of passing too. You know, I look at some of the great midfielders of all time, that great passers, you know, and some of their long passing, they would sort of like put it in the area, you know, and like you mm. know, they they were able to hit those spots. Chavi would put it on your foot, and he would weight those, you know, those through balls. I think he's got the second most La Liga assists of all time. Uh, he's mm. up there, Um, and I mean, I just think in terms of what he could bring. I know Iniesta is a bit more of like a a unique player, he was more of a dribbler, he was more progressive. I think Xavi was just like, he's been fairly hard to replace as well in terms of Barca going forward. The control that he, you go back to some of their great games, Iniesta was doing the you know direct playing, trying to break up things. The control that Xavi gave them in the midfield, they always had a leg up on the other team because of him. I think of that Sir Alex Ferguson quote after the Champions League final, we could have played for two more hours and you know we barely would have touched the ball. When I think of that, I think of Xavi, that's who I think of.
0: Okay. Um and Sid, I think you've got is Iniesta top
2: of your list. Oh uh, yeah, I've given him 3 points like one more than Xavi. Like it's it's so tough to separate them, but I just preferred watching Iniesta. Like I just feel he was like more magical to watch for for the way he dribbled, uh for his more like progressive attacking output, whereas Xavi it, it, he's he's like great at keeping possession and everything, but Iniesta was more exciting to watch. Now, now I know like Xavi's role was just as important, but just for the fact mm-hmm. that it was more fun to watch Iniesta, I gave him an extra point. I think that's mm. fair.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. I, I'm myself. I'm a Shabby man over Iniesta because, <clears throat> look, I think in England, there's, I think everyone prefers Iniesta. But I, when I used to watch Barcelona regularly, I think when I used to watch Shabby, I'm like, like as him said, like he'd make a pass, and I'm like. Oh, yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Shows why I'm not a footballer. But I think Xavi is a top player. And I think that 2008-09 season, for me, it was better than any Iniesta season Mm -hmm. that I saw in La Liga. I think Xavi that year, uh, Guardiola's first year, he assumed the responsibility of the team. Even Mm -hmm. though it was Messi's team, so to speak, and Eto, all these types of players, it was Xavi's team. If Xavi Xavi didn't play, the team is not the same. And As as Asim said, like, it's been really hard to replace Xavi because we're seeing now in Pedri, he's more so that Iniesta dribbler type of mm-hmm. player, but that type of volume passer, that type of player who knows where every like he's had he has six eyes, it's crazy, and that's why I put Xavi number one for me. All
0: right, I'm gonna make it two two because I had Iniesta first, and um my basis of this is maybe a little bit more egotistical. I feel like. I could play like Xavi, but I could definitely not play like Iniesta. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of where I landed. It's always difficult to split the three of them um, because, well, definitely for most people too, but for me, three. I, I always just feel it's what you prefer as a footballer like if, mm-hmm. or, or as a football fan. It's what makes you get off your seat a little more. Iniesta got me off my feet, but also, honestly, when I watched Iniesta play, I was like, the things he does with the ball. I think the statement people always use, got Velcro on his feet or something, or mm-hmm. whatever it was. And um, I always felt like, yeah, I I can't, I could never be that guy. And then I was like, I could be Javi. I was like, I could do this, <laughs> pass it side to side, I've got that. Um, obviously, Javi wasn't just that before Barca fans going, he was much more than that. Um, I know he was, don't worry. Uh, right, let's get your 10 to 1s, so how you actually had them ranked. So the eventual list, and I'll read it out to you. Um, is in 10th place, Ronaldinho, 9th, Luka Modric, 8th, Dani Alves, 7th, Karim Benzema, 6th, Neymar, 5th, Busquets, 4th, Sergio Ramos, 3rd, Luis Suarez, 2nd, Xavi, and 1st, Iniesta. That's probably as accurate a top 10 as I've done on any of these episodes. They normally have some really bizarre players here, there, and everywhere. But no, this one is very accurate. So, um, as I'm seen, as you're the, the debutant, can we get your 10 to 1, please?
3: Yeah, my 10 was David Villa. Ninth was Casillas, 8th was Alves, 7th was Modric, 6th was Suarez, 5th was Benzema, 4th Ramos, 3rd Busquets, 2nd Iniesta and 1st Xavi.
0: You wouldn't think he's a Barca fan, would you, with that top three? (laughs)
1: Um, Remedy, 10 to 1, please. So I got in 10 wrongfully. I had Marcelo. 9, I had Pique. 8, I had Dani Alves. 7, I had Benzema. 6, I had Modric. 5, I had Ramos. Uh, I think I'm going to I'm going to put Iniesta to four Shabby three Suarez two Neymar one Wait Neymar first Yeah
0: Mental Mental <laughs> he, he, he just wants to He wants to use this Against people and go I just see the game Different to you <laughs> <laughs> No way um,
2: Sid you ten to one please Yeah I, I've, Okay I've not got it in order But okay Let me do this quick um, Probably Casillas tenth Godin ninth uh, Puyol Eight, Cruz seventh, Busquets sixth, Ronaldinho fifth. Who else is left here? Neymar fourth, uh, Modric third, uh, Suarez second, and Iniesta first. I think I missed Xavi. Put Xavi in there second. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Xavi in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I also don't have mine in a particularly great order. Uh, but let me tr- let me give this a go. I had Daniel Alves. Uh, sorry, no Ronaldinho tenth, Alves ninth, Modric. Uh, I didn't actually have Modric, but I'm putting Modric eighth. Seventh, Benzema. Um, sixth, Neymar, I want to say. Fourth, Suarez. Third, Xavi. Second, Busquets. First, Iniesta. Come on, Busquets. Get getting that top two. Um, <laughs> and that is that. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you drop a like, subscribe, and thank you again for watching. Check all the guys out. The links are in the description. Uh, And I hope you enjoy this. We'll see you next time.